And welcome into Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network. Also being simulcast on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page. Today's Gator podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialists, their Northeast Florida's leading orthopedic center, providing an unparalleled level of care across numerous locations in both Jacksonville and St. Augustine. That includes Riverside, Northside, the Southside, the beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. In fact, my wife just had a, a good appointment over there at Southeast Orthopedic Specialist. He is Denny Thompson. I'm the hacker, Ryan Green. You are Florida Gator fans, both watching and listening. Well, that's assumptive. Yeah, you like that? I figure Gator fans are listening to Gator well, I mean, Bites. There could be Georgia fans or Florida State fans, because, I mean, we're elite at this. That's true. That's true. So you know people what? People just want to hear it. You're exactly right. I, that, that is very true. There could be other fan bases, and if you are another fan of another team, Welcome, and uh, it's nothing but Gator talk here Welcome. for about the next half an hour. Welcome and bump you. All right, so Florida, <laughs> Billy Napier, 45 days on the job today. We got to get into the transfer portal. We got to get into guys that are returning. But I got to tell you, Denny, in watching his press conference last week, last Friday, first off, was that odd to you that a Division One coach at a program like Florida – just holds a 30-minute Q&A with the media about what's going on with the program. No. I salute him for doing it. I thought it was great. I just don't think we see that an awful lot around the country. No, it's not. And I'll tell you, it's, yeah, okay. It's odd that it's happening in Florida. It's not odd that it's happening, though, because this is all about recruiting all the time. Uh, Georgia just had a national championship celebration that they turned into a recruiting event. Right. Okay. Um. Everything that's being done, if you want to excel in this league, is with the emphasis on recruiting. And so if there's a press conference, it is it is recruiting-based. If there's an announcement, it is recruiting-based. If there's anything going on this time of year, you can bet, if it's not something really bad, that it is centered around momentum in recruiting, period. So the more, as a new coach, that you can put yourself out front, the better it is. And you want your fan base to see you. And I'm sure, you know, on some level that, you know, there's 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 ticket sales, there's renewals, there's there's, you know, buildings being built. And he's got to keep that that he's not Dan Mullen in the sense that when he was hired, everybody didn't already know him because he wasn't already in Gainesville. And so he's got to let people get to know him. But make no mistake about this. Everything this man is doing right now has to do with recruiting. And it is what we asked for it is what we didn't get out of Dan that we're getting now. Let me ask you this. Because uh, there's a lot of on-the-field stuff with transfers, guys coming back that we need to get into. Uh, first and foremost, you are with six points, quarterback training. You are in the the know, if you will. You talk to guys all around the world of college football, coaches as well. I've seen the people that call your cell phone. It's it's a who's who list. Yeah. I mean, you, you know what's going on. I got to tell you – Bar none, Gator fans, again, Gator fans that I've talked to, they seemingly love this guy Yeah, 45 days in. Um, should they? Do you think on the surface he's doing as good a job as what Gator fans believe he is doing? I think every fan base, especially when it comes to new coaches, allows themselves to get a little too hyped up, but, but he's doing a good job, and he is exactly what the doctor ordered for this program right now. He's in high energy. Uh, recruiter, he loves to recruit, and you you can tell by the posts. Like, how many posts 
did we see over Dan Mullen's tenure of him in the plane going to see a recruit? Hardly none. Right. Right? Um, how many posts did we see of of Dan Mullen, you know, leading the recruiting charge on official visits? We'd see pictures, but we wouldn't see the behind-the-scenes stuff. And and I was on a couple of them, and, and Dan just didn't like to recruit. Well, it's an entire social media movement that Napier has installed. So the hire from Georgia was big. The uh, was it her was her official title? I can't remember her name, but um, I I've met her a couple of times when she was at Georgia. She's going to bring that element and and the staff that he's put together, just sheer volume of it, sheer size of it, right? They they have a lot of people to move towards momentum on social media, and that's what they're doing. Is they're making they're making it one of those things like Georgia and Alabama have done to where if you're a kid. And you are a four star or five star kid. I want it to seem like all of the other four and five stars are coming to us to visit. You should too. Mm-hmm. Whether it's true or not, I want social media to reflect that. And that's what they're doing right now. It, it's very impressive. And and now we get to the staff. And Napier even addressed it at his press conference. They were joking around with him. Can you give us a number as to how many people you've hired? And Napier goes, well, we probably haven't hired, but half of the guys were gals we intend to hire. I mean, they're going to hire a lot more people. And even since the press conference, you got Rob Sale, you got Bateman from North Carolina, you got all these guys that have come in even since last Friday. I mean, they are adding dozens upon dozens of people to the staff, to the recruiting trail. Again, what we knew he was going to do is coming to fruition they are building something that Florida simply did not have under certainly McElwain and Mullen, and you could probably go back to Muschamp as well. He certainly didn't have the resources, and I, I mean, I think a lot of this you have to tip your hat to Florida too, to UF. Remember when he signed the contract when Napier signed the contract? We talked about that budget, that that coach's budget, and it wasn't the and I may be wrong, going off memory, it wasn't the seven and a half mil. It was the additional. It was that additional five yes, mil. Yes. That at the time I was like, man, that's got to be in the top three for highest in the uh, in the country. That five mil there for your off the field, that goes a long way, man. That goes a long, long way. And we're just talking about salary budget. We're not talking about recruiting budget. We're not talking about what they're spending on flights and to get kids in and and all that kind of stuff and what they're spending on all the additional stuff, that's just salary. So they are making a significant investment into recruiting because we just watched a national championship game and I was at it, field level, that they're playing different game than what Florida's playing. There's a whole different speed. There's a whole different cat out there than what's in Gainesville right now. Let me ask you this. Did it just take a decade of getting – beat over the head by Alabama and Georgia for Florida to finally wake up and realize, all right, if we want to compete, we got to start doing what Alabama and Georgia are doing. Why is it 2022 and Florida just realizes this? Why didn't they do this in 2014, 15, 16? There's a couple answers to that. We have this conversation all the time in the facility about just Nick Saban, really, because Nick Saban has been the pioneer with all this. Nick Saban has been the one that has said, we're going to do it this way. And he's had a supportive admin that has allowed him to do whatever he wants to do. And then it works. And so then somebody else does it. Somebody else does it. 10 years ago, if you would have said, we're going to have this many people on a football staff 
we're going to have this much money going towards recruiting. We have this much money going to the off the field staff. People would have said, you are insane. <laughs> There's no way. Yeah. Right. It's not just Florida. I bet you, and I'm guessing 85% of college football is not doing this yet because it's still so new that it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to say, all right, here's a head coach that we're going to pay seven mil to. We're going to pay seven and a half mil to his staff. We're going to pay five mil to his support staff. Then we're going to put another five mil into um, into recruiting. And then we're going to put a hundred million into this facility. And then we're going to do these NIL deals. Like we got to have that. Sh- like it's insane the amount of money that's being spent in college football right now. Are they basically Florida? That is, are they basically following Georgia's blueprint? Yeah. Very much across the board. Uh, To a large degree, as much as they can, it's two different campuses, uh, two different places where they're at with facilities. Um, And they don't, you know, Florida has Florida kids. Georgia has Florida kids, but Georgia also has Atlanta kids. Florida's got to find that Atlanta market, mm-hmm. right? That that would have been nice for Emory to do really well here because that could have helped a little bit up there. Um, and so, I mean, in some ways, you could make the argument right now that logistically Georgia's in a better position um, because they, that Atlanta market's easier to get to, right? And and they've already done so much damage in Florida that those kids are automatically going up there at least for a visit. Florida's got to get there. And, but, yeah, as far as the model is concerned, I think it's very, very similar to what George is doing. Back to Florida in a moment. Uh, we were talking about this on XL Primetime about a week or so ago. Um, Georgia has been able to come into the Sunshine State and basically just wreak havoc, mm-hmm. get whoever they want, because they were competing against Mark Rick down at Miami. They were competing against Jim McElwain at Florida. They were competing against a tapped-out Jimbo Fisher and, and Willie Taggart at Florida State. And then you continue with Manny Diaz at Miami and Dan Mullen at Florida. Mullen, a good coach, not a very good recruiter. Now that Mike Norvell seems to have things going in the right direction in Tallahassee, Mario Cristobal is going to do very well in South Florida. Billy Napier obviously proving himself early in the game as well. Not that George is necessarily going to take a giant step back, but they were shooting fish in a barrel with recruiting. Yeah, yeah you're right. Now with Cristobal and Napier and Norvell, is it going to be a little harder for Kirby? Yeah, yeah, I think it'll be a little harder. But if you really, and that's where I was kind of going, if you want, if you want to do damage to Georgia, though, then you've got to be able to go to Atlanta the way they come to Florida. Yeah. You've got to go take, like, they've got little pipelines. You know, Washington's from Arizona, and the other, Bowers is from California. And the 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 talk for years has been, okay, if, you, if you're in Florida, why would you waste, you know, a trip to California to go see a kid when you could be recruiting 20 in Florida? Right. Well, the way that, the way that um, Kirby has set up his recruiting staff and the way that Nick Saban has set up his recruiting class, they can do that because they're still recruiting 20 in their home state. That's where Florida is trying to get to. So yeah, you you can you can provide more resistance to the state of Florida, but then you got to start to move in on their turf and you got to start to go get those one-offs in California, Arizona, those places that are generational type players and that all played significant roles. I mean, you look look at look at the main guys. 
in that national championship game. You're talking about Bryce Young from California. Mm-hmm. You're talking about two tight ends from the West Coast. Nicobe Dean's a Mississippi kid. Nicobe Dean, Mississippi, yeah. yeah. I, it, those are the ones that you have to be able to go snag out of somebody else's backyards and recruit your home state really yeah, well. Channing Tindall, thinks a South Carolina kid. You got a bunch of guys. Yeah, in a lot that of same them. I mean, I mean, Stetson was homegrown, but outside of that, I mean, it's it, you. You would be hard pressed to find a lot of those guys. Today's Gator Bites podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist. For the highest quality care, you can rely on Southeast Orthopedic Specialist for any orthopedic injury or concern. You can log on to their website by going to se-ortho.com, and you can listen for Southeast Orthopedic Specialist, the good doctor, Kevin Murphy, on Thursday mornings in the 7 o'clock hour with Jeff and Dan right here on 1010XL for his weekly analysis of injuries and sports. In college football, when you hire a coach, obviously that coach is going to bring coaches from that staff with him. We saw Billy Napier bring a bunch of guys from Louisiana with him on the staff. But as the transfer portal and as the one-time transfer and not sitting out with a penalty, not having to sit out a year, as we get further along in this, it seems that not only when you hire a coach, Denny, like Napier, not only is he going to bring coaches with him, they're going to bring players with him. Florida has not one, not two, but three transfers from Louisiana, including two of which, um, now look, again, they're Louisiana. There's a reason they were there. But I will say this about Osiris Torrance, the big offensive lineman, 335 pounds worth of Osiris Torrance. He was arguably the best offensive lineman in the portal, chose Florida over LSU and Auburn, You also got Montrell Johnson, a freshman running back at Louisiana last year that had 12 touchdowns. Is this the trend now that when you hire the coach, not only are coaches coming with him, but players will come with him as well? I hope not because I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I I think it's classless. Wow. Yeah. Elaborate. I I think – when you go to a school and you recruit kids at that school and you and and you're their coach at that school and then you decide that you want to go somewhere else, I'm I'm thinking Lincoln Riley is like, hey, I'm right in my head when I'm saying this. What you did at that school, you got paid for at Louisiana, at Oklahoma, at all that kind of stuff. You were there to produce for that school. Just because your paycheck is different doesn't mean you go back and you buy default hurt that school that fulfilled their role they paid you every time that you were there that your check was in your account every single time can i stop you right there for a second sure would torrance and johnson have even gone to louisiana if not for billy napier I, irrelevant completely irrelevant louisiana was paying billy napier like if they want to go enter the portal cool but there needs to be a rule out there that says you can't follow your coach because this is going to get here's what's going to happen is I'm at whatever school and I've got a top three class. Well, if I'm a college, I want to buy that top three class. So I'm just going to go give this guy $5 million more to come to USC. And then I'm going to have mass departures out of Oklahoma. Or I'm a bowl team that I have put money into my program. I just want a conference championship. And my coach that I got just got his dream job at the University of Florida And I had a significant role in that because I gave him an opportunity at Louisiana. And how does he repay me? He starts plucking my best players off of my roster? Right, but are you for the transfer portal? For the transfer portal. Okay, but see, then there's the thing. And again, correct me if I'm wrong here. 
if you're for the transfer portal, so you're for these kids having a right to go somewhere else. Sure. If I'm Torrance or if I'm Johnson, or I think there's a third one. I'm not um, saying it's against the rules. I'm saying it's immoral. Well, okay. That's what I'm saying. But if, if Two you, different things. If you like Billy Napier and if you like the coaching staff he had with you and you're going to leave anyway, well, yeah, I'm just going to follow my coach. No, I wouldn't take him. I can say that without a shadow of a doubt. If I'm Billy Napier, I wouldn't take him. Wow. I got too much respect. And it happens all I over got, the country. It does. It's yeah. not. I got too much respect for who you just paid me and gave me my chance. And that program has been built. And I'm assuming a buddy of Billy Napier's is now the head coach there. Then I'm not going to go pluck all of them out of the program. It rubs me the wrong way, man. It's just, it's, it's tacky. And I so hate it. When Caleb Williams ends up at USC, you're really going to be mad. I, I, yeah. 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 I, I think it's, and I like Caleb. I know Caleb. Like, I, I like Caleb. And what Caleb's doing is getting paid and he's playing by the rules. Like, everybody's playing by the rules, but it is a bad look. It is a really bad look. And it just, I don't want to hear a coach talk. Of, I'm so tired of hearing coaches talk about morality to kids. And then they go around and betray somebody the way this is happening. All right, so you're fine with Jalen Kimber leaving Georgia to come to Florida. Absolutely. You're fine with Jack Miller leaving Ohio State yeah. to come to Florida. Yep. Because they had no affiliation with Billy Napier. Right. You have a problem with Osiris Torrance and Montrell Johnson coming to Florida because they played for him at Louisiana. I don't have a problem with the kids. I have a problem with the coaches taking them. All right. Um. I. I look, I think if you're going to transfer anyway – I'm like, gotta put yourself in the mind of a kid. If I'm Osiris, you don't know if they were gonna transfer. You don't you don't know that. I have no idea. I know Osiris Torrance took three visits. Yeah. I, I know he visited Auburn, LSU, and Florida. He's probably transferring because his coach left. Probably. Right? Like, Which I he mean, should be have the right to do. He should have the right to do. Everybody should have the right to do. You just shouldn't be able to follow the coach. Wow. All right. That's, watch, watch, watch. Five years from now, just watch. No, I, I think I that's an interesting take, but I almost and, and I'd be curious on the comment section here. On Facebook Live, I almost think you're going to be in the minority there. Because I'm if, sure I will. If you're okay with the transfer portal, then I don't know why you wouldn't be okay with Torrance saying, I love Billy Napier. The guy's coached me for three yeah. years. I've improved my football game under Billy kid. Napier. I'm not talking about the kid. I'm talking about the coach. You're talking about the kid. I'm talking about the coach. Like, right. Two different things. I, I just, I don't. I, you seem very passionate about I'm this. I'm very passionate about it. I hate it. It is it is my new pet peeve in college football. I just don't think that you should take money and you should advance, and then once you leave, you should forget about all the things that school did for you and start pillaging their players. So you, I don't think that should happen. You Are think, these the three best players in Louisiana? Probably. Uh, the, the Johnson and Torrance are definitely in the conversation. I honestly don't know much. About the third young man, is it Cameron Waits? I know he's 6'8", 365 pounds. Yeah. That's what I know about him. But I know Torrance was in high demand. From a on-the-field perspective, if I'm Florida fan watching or listening to this, a kid from Louisiana that played for Billy Napier chose Florida over LSU. Mm. He chose Billy Napier over Brian Kelly. That, to me, is a win for Florida. Montreal Johnson, the same thing. He was in demand. And he, he played, came to Florida. He played for Billy Napier. Right. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> I mean, you choose Florida. I would over, hope he would choose them. You choose Florida over LSU. If he if they, if he would have chosen LSU over Florida, and when he just played for a couple years for the coach, you'd be going, huh? Well, there was a Louisiana kid that did go to LSU last <sighs> week. I, I mean, that the way, whole thing just to me, man, I just, 
I'm pro portal. I think there needs to be some rules put in place because I hate that kids aren't even making it to a season. They're early signing and hitting the portal. Um, there needs to be some rules put in place. But in this scenario, man, this just in my gut, it bothers me. All right, let me ask you this. Again, I remember Jalen Kimber. He was a really, really high recruit that went to the University of Georgia. It did not work out for him there. He transfers to Florida. You wonder, a guy that's going to get more of an opportunity at Florida, could he be the cornerback version of Brenton Cox? Could he be a guy that comes to Florida, gets on the field, not buried oh, yeah. on the depth chart? Well, he could be, I mean, what was the kid's name at Florida State? This Jermaine year? Johnson. Yeah. I mean, listen, Georgia's that loaded. Yeah. Georgia's that loaded that that their their third string guy is a really good player and he's not that far behind one and two. Jermaine Johnson's gonna be a first round pick. Yeah. And he couldn't get or on the field. Or hopefully the thirty third pick to Jacksonville. Right, in the right. He round. couldn't get on the field at Georgia. So, you know, I I, I don't know. I, I I think we're in a troll society, and so what happens is, you know, that happens in Georgia fans are like, Oh, y'all are picking up the scraps and you know, it's so it's all about the troll, but the reality is if you went out and you watched a practice at the University of Georgia, University of Florida, most people would not be able – if you, they didn't have numbers on, you know who they were, you would not be able to tell the difference in the first-string guy and the second-string guy. Right. Like, they're they're that good at that level, So especially at Georgia. So, I mean, I, it's a good get. It's a really good get. Today's Gator Podcast brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist, the Northeast Florida's leading orthopedic center providing an unparalleled level of care across numerous locations in both Jacksonville and St. Augustine. That includes Riverside, Northside, the Southside, the beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. As we begin to wrap up Gator Bites, a couple of things. We mentioned Brenton Cox. He is coming back. Trey Dean is coming back. Ventrell Miller is coming back. The Gators on the defensive side of the ball getting a lot of guys back. Now, offensively, they lost some guys. Gamble is now at UCF. Malik Davis turns pro. Damian Pierce turns pro. Jacob Copeland transferred to Maryland. So now that the waters are going to calm a little bit, you kind of see who's left, who who left, and who stayed. How do you think Florida fared in the portal, NFL declarations, all that sort of thing? I think okay. I think, you know, when you go back and you, if you went back and you listened to what we were talking about this time last year, we were talking about this defense had a chance to be good but we couldn't get over what we had seen the year before, right? But talent-wise, there was a lot there. Yeah. Right? Keeping Brenton Cox is a big deal. Brenton Cox is going to be – that's a big deal. It's a first-round pick. Yeah. That's a really big deal. So I, I, I think – and, oh, by the way, the waters may calm momentarily, but then in May, it's going to – same thing. Right. Yeah, it's going to happen again. And there's going to be a whole new – or after spring ball, a whole new crop of guys hit the portal, and in that one – there will be more four and five stars because they're they're staying through spring just to kind of see how things go, or maybe they didn't want to make a mid year move academically, mm-hmm. which is a thing, right? So I, I should mention by the way, Justin Shorter is coming back on the Shorter's offense. come back, yeah. yeah. So I, I I think ask me this question again in June when you have a complete roster, and that's the great thing about college football in this transfer portal is you can rebuild a, a team. Pretty dang quickly. I definitely will ask you that in June because we will be looking for material in yeah, June exactly. to discuss. Yeah. So you can yeah. assure yourself I will ask yeah. you that again in June. I don't know if they're going to land Harold Perkins, the five-star Texas A&M commit. He's a linebacker. He's the best linebacker in the country. But the fact that Florida is in the conversation for guys like that again, 
shows you what Billy Napier has done in 45 days. Did, did you see his commitment? I didn't see his commitment. I saw they interviewed him. Is it the Hula Bowl? Or it's it's um it was the Under Armour. Uh, oh, the Under Armour. Well, he's yeah. in like the Polynesian Bowl this week or something. Is he? Okay. And he, they asked him about his Florida visit, and a giant grin went on his face, and he said it was straight fire. I'm not gonna lie, straight fire. They asked him who his main recruiters was, and he completely busted out Napier, Cheney, Tony. Yeah, he knew exactly the guys who were recruiting him without hesitation. I thought his commitment was weird. I watched a little bit of that Under Armour game because we had a quarterback in it, and he committed to Texas A&M. He committed to Texas A&M, and the guy asked him, "Are you done with?" Vi-? No, they said he said, "He said, is this 100?" percent He said, "Yes," and then the guy asked him, "Are you done with visits?" And he said, "No." And I'm like. Somebody needs to explain to him what a hundred percent is. Right. Like I, I don't. I don't think he. I don't think he understands this, man. It, listen. At the end of the day, here's what these kids are figuring out. If I take my five visits and I play this right, then I pick up another forty thousand followers. Because mm-hmm. now I got Florida followers. I got Texas A&M followers. I got whoever Georgia. You know whoever. What does that mean? More NIL money. More followers mean more NIL money. They're playing this beautifully. If he flips to Florida. Fantastic and well-played young man. And look, the fact, like I said, that Florida's even in the conversation, a far cry from where things were uh, for the better part of the last decade. Really quick, because we didn't talk about this, Trevor Etienne, Travis's brother, committed to Florida at that same Under yep. Armour game. Uh, boy, if he's He was ha- Army game. Was oh, he Under Armour? Army, Army game, Army yep. game, yep. yes, the Army game. Um, boy, if he's half the running back, his brother yeah. was in college, what a get again. Going into Louisiana, Billy Napier getting Trevor Etienne out of there. I think a lot of people see that name, and it brings some intrigue to it. I've seen the tape of him. He looks like a good football player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good player. I mean, all these guys are good players, but he that you can definitely see that same burst that his brother had. So, no, it's exciting times. When you said one more thing, I thought we were going to end the show on basketball. And like, oh, well, oh. we are recording this uh, before the Mississippi State game. Mississippi State and Florida tonight. Florida did beat South Carolina yeah. on Saturday to get to one and three in conference play, ten and six overall. Um, they need to win tonight, and they need to win the next time out because they have a really, really tough stretch coming. The most frustrating thing about basketball, as we do end on this, Auburn has blown right past Florida. Alabama has blown right past Florida. Arkansas, LSU, Arkansas, all these teams have blown right past florida mike white's in year seven that's frustrating that florida is a middle of the road average as the day is long sec basketball team it's just a tough watch it is it's the with all transfers thing now that it was in year two it's the exact same thing i don't understand why people love Mike White so much, I don't understand. We're going on year four of talking about this. Like I, I, it, I can't watch it anymore. I will not watch Gator basketball anymore because it, it, it. I try to do things when I get home that relax me. Yeah, and that just makes me mad. This is the worst Florida shooting team I've ever seen. I, I don't and know. That's saying it, a lot. Is it? I mean, the last yeah, six years they've been terrible. It's it's last year's shooting team without Trey Mann. Look, I, I I get the transfer portal in college basketball. I understand it. It's it's the way it works now. I don't understand how the first seven guys on your roster are transfers. I don't understand how the University of Florida, who has two national championship banners hanging in that in that building, cannot attract four and five star talent right out of high school. And you got to go to Penn State, or you got to go to Michigan, 
or you got to go to Boston the, College. The year after you had to go to Virginia Tech. Right, and, yeah. and get these transfers. That is frustrating, and that is something that needs to change. He is Denny Thompson. I'm the hacker, Ryan Green. Next week, more on the recruiting trail, more college basketball. Boy, National Signing Day, already less than a month away. Could be a big day for Florida in February. Potentially could add, what, three or four more guys. We'll have to see how that works out. Yeah, at least three or four. It'll be something. We'll be back next week on Gator Bites, 1010XL.com, and the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page.